Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. You know, you, I keep hearing this thing of like that, you know, we, we have a healing starting to take place and I've heard multiple other testimonies which We'll talk about why we should be sharing our testimonies and not be shy about those things. That we should be, that should be what we're shouting from the rooftops because you're actually saying that I found heaven manifest in my earth. Like, something to share. Um, but you're talking about, like, I feel like we're, I feel like we're on this thing. Like, there's, I see all these healings taking place. And this, the dream that you had had to do with me stepping into the identity of Joseph and the remembrance. And before I formed you, I knew you. And all of these things that are swirling, I believe this is actually where healing starts to take place. I believe Yeshua's healings on earth when he was a man was that there was something about Yeshua meeting him as a man. There was something in his eyes that created to an extremely greater degree where someone felt like, I feel like I know, uh, I remember. And there was just a complete healing that overtook their body because in heaven, there's no lame. In heaven, there is no sickness. In heaven, there is no, uh, there is no uh, breaking in, in, in relationship over skin color, or over political stances, and all of this other junk that we deal with today. In heaven, that's, not, that's non-existent. The, the, the crazy thing is, is that Yahweh, and one of the things that's hard intellectually to get over is that we serve Yahweh, Almighty God, the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of everything, the beginning and the end. There is nothing apart from him that is, that, that, that is actually possible, and there's nothing with him that is impossible. That's who we serve, and that's amazing. Yet he entrusts his will to his people. Yet he sends his son to a lame man who's been for 38 years sitting on the the side of this pool hoping that superstition will eventually get him the breakthrough he's been praying for. And Yeshua shows up on the scene and he doesn't ask him, are you ready to receive healing? That's actually not the terminology he uses. What it actually means, what that phrase, are you ready to be healed? He actually says, are you ready to be who you already are? Thirty-eight years I've been trying the church thing. For 38 years I've been trying to receive this healing and all this stuff I deserve because it's what they preach from the pulpit. It's what we come to Sunday for is that there's something possibly that's going to take place where I can receive some sort of healing. But what I really believe Yeshua wants to see take place, what I really believe Abba wants to see take place is that I have such an awareness and such a heightened degree of awareness of me before me before I allowed the world to conform me into who I was, that there's a degree within me of an awareness of who he sees me as, that when I sit there 
And I, and I sit around this fire listening to my brother play music and this girl who I don't know comes, sits next to me and says, do I know you from somewhere? I'm gonna say, yeah, actually, I believe you do. And there's gonna be a healing and a manifestation and a changing of the way she thinks. And it's not gonna be weird, yet it's gonna be really weird. And he is gonna manifest himself in those moments. And what's gonna take place when we are streaming like that throughout the week come together in a place like this or an arena and people walk into environments that are so aware so aware of before we were here we were there see Yeshua when when his disciples could have asked him anything they asked him teach us how to pray and he says this pray like this our father number end the, the end. Two words can change your perspective on everything. Not Yahweh Almighty God who's far out there and please like, let me make sure I come before you the right way and that you don't smite me because I looked at porn last night or because I did drugs the other day because I accidentally cussed and, and I just didn't do things the way church people say I should have. Like, I, I, I'm sorry, I apologize. Like, Am I low enough? Please God, please give me some forgiveness. And he's saying, get up, son. Get up, son. I have more for you than what you've been living in. And I know you before you became you. And you allowed this world and the systems and the truths of this world to conform you into their image. And I'm telling you that there's a greater way. But ultimately, you are my son. You are my daughter. And I can tell you right now, I've got three kids and I am way, way, way less than a father than, than my father is. Abba, Papa God. He's not fickle. He's not back and forth. He's not frustrated. He's not angry. He's none of those things with me. But I can tell you as an inferior father to my kids, there's nothing in this life Nothing that could ever take them from my love for them. Nothing, nothing. Absol- think about it. Go through anything, I don't care. If it's a murder, I'm gonna help them cover it up. Not really, but I'm just saying, it's that far. Like I'm sold out. I, I, I'll, I'll do anything to make sure that they're protected. If you hurt my kid, I'm coming for you. There's nothing they could ever do, even if they're wrong, that I'm not going to love them for. And that goodness of the Father is either going to lead you to repentance or it's going to be a license to do whatever you want. But I believe we're swirling into this place of there's, there's an awareness coming up within us. There's a, there's a heightened awareness. Yeshua says, pray like this, our Father, Abba, Papa God, not just my Father, your Father, our Father, doesn't matter where you stand, doesn't matter if you're this really strong believer or you have questions at night. Our Father, Papa God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy nature, I mean name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He just said, I need you to pray for his will to be done. His ultimate will streams through us. 
We are the answer. Be anxious for nothing. I set the Lord always before me. There's choices that are made. Even the will, he says, this is his will for us. So we've, we know, we know his ultimate will is on earth as it is in heaven. I believe more than ever that that is a thinning of the veil. That that is a, a kingdom reality becoming present reality. I believe that that is literally heaven is here. There is a great cloud of witnesses, as they say. There are things that are directing you through King James to find your shovel. There is... There is an awareness that Yahweh, Papa God, is bringing you into, Mom, that's going, like, look, I, your hip ain't like that. I know, I understand, I, I get it, you got pay, But I'm telling you, look me in my eyes and remember. And this remembrance and this relationship and this process of walking with Him is starting to ch- genuinely transform your actual bodies. And that is healing. Now, I believe that we're going to come to a place, I believe Yeshua walked in a degree that was so aware, obviously, of who he was, that in a moment, that someone touched the hem of his garment and they became healed. Just the thing that was emanating off of him, because he was so aware of a world before this world, that Peter's shadow was what he was actually emanating, that he was seated so much and I walked with, I walked with him. I know, I'm not far removed. I remember. I was brought into remembrance and people, his shadow went past them. And I, I believe it wasn't even about his shadow. I think that's more of a poetic thing of it, but I believe that it was genuinely his presence walked by them. And there was something about that, what he was emanating that reminded them of a day before they were lame. That's what I, that's what I truly, truly believe. But even our will, his will for our lives. So the ultimate will being on earth as it is in heaven. What does he tell us to do? Rejoice always. Pray continually. And in every single circumstance, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of Yahweh for your life through Christ Yeshua. Let's think about that. Think through it. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And in every single circumstance, give thanks, for this is the will of Yahweh for your life through Christ Jesus. Three common, or one common thing throughout those three statements. Rejoice always. My choice. My choice to rejoice always. Pray continually, meaning not sit here and pray, but literally make your life a prayer unto him. Live in relationship and awareness of a before you were you, you were you. Yes, and pray, but pray continually. My choice. Third, in every single circumstance, give thanks. That is a hard one. It rolls off the tongue nicely and we can amen all day long. But in every single circumstance, 
in every single circumstance, in every single hip pain, in every single decision that didn't go the way you thought it should, in every single time that you screwed up, in every situation, be thankful. Once again, my choice. Why? For this is the will of Yahweh. So Yahweh, again, Yahweh, almighty God, chooses to let us be the vessels from which his will, he entrusts his will to us. Stand. Repeat after me. Amen. Amen. Repeat after me. Amen. Amen. Repeat after me. Yes. Yes. Yes and amen. amen. I want you to strike hands with the person next to you. It's coming into agreement. Outside of church, that's called a high five, but we're in church, so it's called striking hands. We do weird things like that. All right, you may be seated. I want to get us practice up because I know that my call, my anointing, my uh, assignment for this day as a pastor, as a leader, as an apostle, as just a man is to continually create or stir, I guess, not create, stir an awareness or remembrance in all of us in myself, but in all of us, stir remembrance of the before you were you, you were you. To, to create in us an awareness, a heightened awareness of a heavenly reality over a natural rea- reality. Because I'm telling you, Monday through Saturday, and really right after you leave this building, constantly we are pumped and flooded with the realities of this world. And we have got to take this in here and go throughout our week and make sure that we are setting the Lord before us, that we are meditating on his truths. And and it not, not because it's like I said, not, not, it's not a good idea, right? It's not, it's not that, yeah, that'll make your life a little better. You know, things will be better. You, you won't get so down as easy. You won't, what, that, that's a great idea as a, as a believer. Say something else with me. I am a believer. If you are 10% a believer today, no, I mean it, believer, believer, be- believing what I'm saying is true and not just a story. If you're only 10% there, if you're negative five, something went wrong and you're a little squirrely with that, or you're 100% streaming like you've never streamed before, you need to declare to yourself, I'm a believer, I'm a believer. I am a believer. I am one that is coming into agreement. That word is amon. That is coming into a commitment, a covenant relationship with this real reality truth. And oftentimes, if we are struggling with that anxiety, it's why he says, be anxious for nothing first. Like, that's not my, that's not the, the, the answer of the whole deal. Like, we, we all, that's what we want is be anxious for nothing. But actually that part was on us. (laughs) Be anxious for nothing. 
The, the peace that passes understanding is more about guarding your heart and mind so that we go past just the metanoia. It's, it's, the, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads men to repentance. Repent for the kingdom is at hand. That word is metanoia. I remember Catherine bringing that to us a long time ago. The word is metanoia, to change the way that you think. That is actually foundational truth of true repentance. Full-on mature repentance is 180 degrees going in the other direction. But oftentimes we fail at the changing the way we think, so we just try to turn and go the other direction. We have nothing to found us in that repentance, and we end up right back where we started. Then we also have the other side where we change the way that we think. We get back to zero, and we think, well... He loves me. I'll just do what I got to do. I'll be who I got to be. But the kingdom actually is not about circumstances. It's about choices. Choices. And sometimes as, you know, lovers of God and the goodness of God, we get wrapped up in all this stuff about like, man, he's faithful. He's good. He's kind. He's amazing. And presence and yes, yes, yes. And yes, all of those things are so true. They're foundational though. You come to a place of zero, in the metanoia of changing the way you think. If you're $100,000 in debt to me and I say I forgive you of that, well, now you're at zero. You're back to where you should have been in the first place. Changing the way you think is just seeing things clearly again. Now, what do we do? Repent for the kingdom is within reach. Change the way that you think. What's the next step? Reach the kingdom, right? It's not enough to say the kingdom's there. Great, now that makes me feel a whole lot better about myself. No, he actually wants us to be the ones that step in to the reality and the truth of the kingdom. Be anxious for nothing. Before that, it says rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all mankind. Why? Because Jesus is at hand, meaning he's right there. Step into the reality of who he is today. Now I say all those things, I get you up to say amen and to say yes, not to make me feel better, but because I'm going back to the promises, his promises this morning in Isaiah. There's nothing more dangerous to kingdom people than familiar. There's nothing more dangerous than, it's one of the reasons I love reading the Passion Translation, because all of a sudden I'm reading through that, and I'm like, that sounds familiar, but I don't, it, it's, it's said a different way, and I go back, and I'm like, oh, I've heard that scripture, I could quote it if I'd have known before, but there's all of a sudden a completely new look, and even if you don't like the Passion Translation, Go somewhere else and read the truths, the promises in a new way, or just sit there and go, Abba, let me read this scripture that I've read since I was 12 for the first time. Put some fill dirt over those ruts and let me see the unseen truth within this scripture you're trying to speak to me today. And I feel like it is my job and my duty and my goal and my joy to be able to sit here and read scriptures to you, not just preach at you, but to read stuff that was written already. Why? Because it's, it's foundational truth. It's found, and if you don't have, if the foundational truth isn't good, when the storm comes, you're susceptible 
It's why when the storm came to this house, the ones you're looking around and see here were not susceptible. They were founded. There was a foundation that said it doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't seem right, but tribe. It's when we declared that the prophetic word over this house is 2020 is going to be the start to the roaring 20s. These are going to be this moment. I listened to it again not that long ago. I said, these days will be the greatest, most life-changing days of our lives. Now, I said, it won't be the end. But you'll always be able to go back to 2020 and say, that's when it changed for me. How many people this morning could sit here and say, that's when it changed for me? I'm about to get y'all up and say yes and amen again. If you can't sit here and tell me that something didn't shift in this house and in our lives in 2020, (laughs) where you been? Where you been? We stepped into the roaring 20s. Bill Johnson always talks about the... uh, the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. And he talks about how Abba always steps into situations that are contrary to what's right in front of you. So it's nighttime, we need the pillar of fire. It's day, we need a cloud to cover us. And it's always how we're gonna see things or be willing to see things in the, in the face of adversity, we have the choice to rejoice always, to pray continually and in everything give thanks. This is his will. And some of the fruit that you might be tasting today, mom, some of the fruit that we might be tasting today is because of that choice. You can be loved, and that's great, and it's amazing. And that is, that's where it all begins. But again, it is the foundation. He wants us now to step into the kingdom. From that goodness of God truth, he wants to start speaking to you in the middle of the night. He wants to start streaming through you in the middle of the day. He wants the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven through us as streams. So Isaiah 60 says this, rise up in splendor and be radiant for your light has dawned. And Yahweh's glory now streams from you. It is a choice. It is a choice to be a stream. That's what he keeps speaking to me. Every time I look at it, it, I'm telling you, it changes the way that I think about my day. It changes the things that come out of my mouth. Benjamin was just talking to me about how he's so much more aware of the things he's starting to say. When he says them, there's a whole lot more weight to him. Not that he didn't believe in it in the beginning, but he's just starting to see his true identity as a stream. That this is us lifting up our heads and opening our gates and letting him stream through us. For your light has dawned and your glory now streams, Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully, darkness blankets the earth and thick clouds cover the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you and the brightness of his glory appears over you. (laughs) I told y'all to keep reading, I'm telling you, get this out, put it in front of your person. And read this over yourself. 
This is a today word. This is, not, this is not just Isaiah's day word. This is a today word. I'm telling you, he's creating streams all over this planet. Look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth and thick clouds cover the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you and the brightness of his glory appears over you. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light. Kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. Lift up your eyes higher not higher this is a dimensional shift this is a this is this is absolutely a a rejoice always pray continually in every single circumstance give thanks it's Yeshua saying not my will but your will be done it's Yeshua saying though my soul is in turmoil what should I say a I can say save me from this hour or b I can say for this purpose I came to this hour and so when you, when you have the identity of before you were you, you were you, then you say, this is what it's all about, baby. I was born for this moment right now, right here. Why would I ever yell, save me from this hour? For this, for this hour, I came into existence. This was that moment when I'm sitting there in a circle dance with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit before I was formed. And he says, wait, this is for you now. I'll form you in your mother's womb right now. This is your day. So lift up your perspective even higher. Look all around you and come into agreement. The word is believe. I said it earlier, aman. It means it's a covenant relationship. It's why they used to say when Yeshua kept saying, I want you to believe in my nature, believe in me. If I could just basically get you to believe, don't let your heart be troubled, but believe in me. He's not just saying like Santa Claus, please come into agreement, please believe it's not about believing in fairies and fairy tales and, you know, just this story. He's saying, I need you like Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. I need you like Daniel to go ahead and make that commitment. And even if everybody else is bowing their knee, and even if everybody else is, is concerned with all of these things swirling around, and even if they tell me I can't, I will because I made a commitment long ago. I made a covenant relationship long ago. So even if he doesn't show up in my time of need, even if that fire you've turned up seven times burns me to smithereens, I'm still not letting this knee touch the ground. And I'm still not giving up the promises that he spoke to me before I was here. Lift up your eyes even higher, look all around you and come into agreement for your sons are returning from far away and your daughters are being tenderly carried home. For your sons are returning from far away and your daughters are being tenderly carried home. My wife has such a beautiful perspective on Abba's love and how when she gets things wrong, how 
how much of a good father he is. And we've had this perspective of him, of like this Old Testament mindset of like, well, I'm going to be lit on fire here. I did something wrong. Here it goes. Like it's over with. But she says, no, he's so tender. Like he's, he's so tender. He's so, he just gently guides me back into the arms that I'm supposed to be in. He just gently guides me back into the right path. He just gently leads me back into that, to that path because ultimately he knows her heart and ultimately he knows your heart. And if your heart's pure, and that doesn't mean that all your ways are just right and all your thoughts are, but your heart your heart is knowing him. Your heart in the innermost being of who you are, you believe. Abba's going to tenderly carry you right back to where you need to be. Watch as they all gather together, eager to come back to you. Then you will see with understanding and be radiant. Or as you understand, you will, are the guy's favorite word, sparkle I swear if these guys don't start coming stop coming into work and they go we're just sparkling (laughs) that needs to stop but I think what happens is when I sat next to that woman I sparkled a little bit and it caused her to remember something that, that's what I'm talking about. There's something out of the, the ordinary. It's like you, you, if you lost a, a watch or you lost something in, in dirt, you're just looking for the, 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 the light to catch it a certain way. And if the light just catches it a certain way, it brings awareness to that moment. And I feel like that's what's happening. His sunrise glory starts to catch you in a little bit different light and it brings awareness to people around you. That was better than you gave it credit for. Or as you understand, you will sparkle. The Hebrew word nehar can also be translated flow together. As you understand, you will flow together. Sixty-five seventeen is is one of my hit, hits me hard in the Passion Translation right now because it's so contrary to the standard of the world, and the world standard is so contrary to that of the kingdom, and they title this so appropriately a new world order. There is a new world order, and it's something to rejoice about. It's not politics, it's not, it's not anything that has to do with anybody being in office, it has nothing to do with America's elite or global uh, people that just have so much money that they're going to change the world. You know what, they might have even titled it that way, they might even think that, and that all conspiracy, whatever, might be true, but it ain't true enough because it's perverted. It's contrary to the original standard that was set way before they came here. It's called this a new world order. Verse 17 says, look, I'm creating an entirely new heavens and a new earth. They will be so wonderful that no one will even think about the old ones anymore. As you wait for the reality of what I am creating, be filled with the joy and unending gladness. Be filled with joy and unending gladness. 
as you whirl in the dance, as you bind together and stand on tiptoe, as the earth is standing on tiptoe, the earth being waiting for you in eager expectation to be revealed as the son of light that you are, as you wait for the reality of what I am creating, be filled with joy and unending gladness. Look, I am ready to create Jerusalem as a source of sheer joy and her people in absolute delight. I will rejoice in this new Jerusalem and find great delight in my people. Remember, new Jerusalem is Yahweh's people today. This is what he's creating. Don't get caught up in the language of Isaiah. The new Jerusalem is right in this room right now. I will rejoice in this new Jerusalem and find great delight in my people. You will no longer hear the sound of weeping or cries of distress. No baby will die in infancy there and everyone will live out their full lifespan. We're not talking about heaven because we are talking about a lifespan. This isn't way off into Neverland, unattainable. You remember, Yahweh's will will surely come to pass. It streams through us. And so by our choices, we decide when that stream starts to take place. And I, for one, want to stand and give my, the rest of my life to creating awareness within myself and awareness to anybody that will listen that before you were you, you were you. And there is something about today, there is something he's doing today that is so calm contrary to everything you see in front of you and it's more real than everything you see in front of you no baby will die in infancy there and everyone will live out their full lifespan for when centenarians die they will be considered youngsters and anyone who dies earlier will be considered of no account because that won't even take place People will build their own houses to live in and they will not be taken over by someone else. They will plant their own vineyards to enjoy and they will not be confiscated by someone else. They will live long lives like age-old trees and my chosen ones will enjoy to the fullest the work of their hands throughout their lives. They will neither work in vain for someone else nor will their children face disaster for they will be children and grandchildren who are blessed by Yahweh. Again, the choice. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. All of those being choices. That's the blessed man. He makes the choice. Because his delight, his heart's desire is in the law of Abba, the truth of Papa God. And in that, he sits and meditates and chews on that night and day, day and night. Night and day, day and night. And you can't find it on Facebook. I don't care how good the quote was. It's not as good as the fruit from the garden of relationship with him. And we got to put that before us day and night, night and day. 
It'll make you like a tree planted by the rivers of living water and everything that you do. And I didn't say part of things that you do. Every little thing that you do will be prosperous. Nor will their children face disaster for they will be children and grandchildren who are blessed by Yahweh. Before they even call out to me, I will answer them. Before they finish telling me what they need, I'll have already heard it. The wolf and the lamb will graze side by side and the lion will eat straw like an ox. And the serpent's food will be dust there will, neither, there will be neither violence nor murder on my entire holy mountain of Zion, says Yahweh. Are you all too familiar with these scriptures? Good, because we're going to keep going with this. Isaiah 62 says, for Zion's sake, how can I keep silent? If that be the promise, if, if that's what Abba wants to bring to pass as a new world order, not what the world's telling you, but a new world order. If that is what he wants to bring to pass, where babies don't die in infancy, where centenarians become youngsters, people live out their full lifespan in joy, and, and, and let me just take the fear out of the equation, it was, it's his will. And it will surely come to pass. Well, what if there's nuclear war? What if it, no, 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 no. (laughs) It will surely come to pass. No, No fear in love. No fear in his design. No fear in what he, it surely couldn't be fear. That's certainly not the will for, for your life, Aunt Cheryl. Impossible for anything but the will of God to take place on his planet on his creation, through his creation. So because of that reason, as a believer that has a testimony, that has him streaming through me, who I believe in, why in the crud? You're good, Lord, thank you. Why? 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 Would I spend my days talking about, feeding into, looking at, believing in, getting my, my, uh, my, my peace taken away from, being anxious for something because of something that is actually not even real? It's not real. It's not. Did you say what he said last time when he addressed the country? But did you hear about this news report here? But have you seen the numbers of COVID? We, we, may, we might not ever get to go back to our barbecues. Now, see, I tested y'all. Y'all have been seeing it. Listen to me. It's fake. It's smoke and mirrors. Well, that's irresponsible. It is here. 
But I'm here to create awareness within a people who stand firm in their faith and believe for something that's deeper and something that's greater and something that's more real than the smoke in the mirrors that the world is trying to pump in front of you all day, every single day. Your politics, you can shove them. Your, 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 your belief in all of the things going on in this world, that it might be true, but it's not true enough. His kingdom will surely come to pass and it's on earth as it is in heaven and I am a vessel I am a gateway for that to stream and I don't want anything to clog up my stream I don't want anything to clog up the flow so if that's the case I got to protect what comes in these eye gates I need to protect what comes in these ear gates. I need to protect who I surround myself with. I need need to protect my time and I need to allow his peace, which surpasses all understanding to guard my heart and my mind. And I need to not be silent. For Zion's sake, how can I keep silent? For Jerusalem's sake, how can I remain quiet? I will keep interceding until her righteousness breaks forth like the blazing light of dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. Nations will see your victory vindication and every single king will witness your blinding radiance. You will be called by a brand new name. A new name signifies a new nature, a new character, and a new authority. You will be called by a brand new name given to you from the mouth of Abba himself. You will be a beautiful crown held high in the hand of Yahweh, a royal crown of splendor held in the open palm of your God. You will never again be called the abandoned one, nor will your land be called deserted. But you will be called my delight is in you. You will be called Hephzibah. My delight is in you. I love you and I like you. I love you unconditionally, but I also have delight in everything that you do. Everything that you are, your actual heart. I love and I like, I delight in you. You are my stream of glory. And your land, my beloved wife, for Yahweh finds his delight in you and he married your land. As a young man marries the young woman he loves, so your builder's sons will marry you. As the bridegroom finds joy in his union with his bride, so will your God take joy in his union with you. Jerusalem, I have stationed intercessors on your walls who will never be silent day or night. That is you. And that is me. And that word, the intercessors, Yahweh calls, calls them the rememberers and the reminders. The rememberers, those that are aware of something greater than them, what's right in front of them. Those who believe in a world called unseen, not seen and not seen for a very long time. Those who with joy and giddiness say, I know the reason this is taking place. I saw it before I ever came here. This was my assignment. This is what I was actually formed for this purpose, for this day, for this moment, for right now, that he might stream through me. Choices. 
Choices, choices, choices. That's what I hear this morning. Not circumstance, but choices. The, the, the scripture that's been in my heart other than Isaiah throughout the entire week is this. Psalms 23. And really you could read the first part and that be it. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. You know, we, we, because we've gotten the revelation of Yeshua and Yahweh and we have these name things, we, we, we sometimes almost think it's funny when people say the Lord. It's like, well, the Lord, the Lord. And it's almost like cast off as it's just, you know, the Lord. The Lord is not just, it's not even a sign of divinity as much as it is giving him access to every aspect of your life, making him the Lord over your life. And typically, if you have an anxiety issue, if you have an awareness issue, if we have a financial issue, if we have a health issue, if we have anything, there's a lordship issue above all of those other things. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. And then I love this because of what you said this morning, Aunt Cheryl. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. If he's the Lord of your life, when he tells you to shut up and sit down for a moment, do it. Sit down for a minute. Quit that mind racing, trying to figure everything out and understand, well, now I've got it. And just be silent, be still, and know. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. And he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for who? His namesake. Your break, he cares more about your breakthrough. He cares more about you seeing something take place. He cares more about your healing than you could ever care about your healing. He cares more about your lost sons and daughters. He cares more about seeing the new world order take place in this lifetime than you could ever care about. It is his namesake. It is his glory that streams through you. He just wants you to shut up for a minute. He wants you to stop looking at everything for a minute. He wants to lead you beside still waters. He wants to restore your soul. There's some practical aspects to the Bible that says if I make him the Lord of my life, not, you see, a lot of us have too many lords. That's where we're stretched thin and we cannot figure out where we're going. We get lost out there because that sounded good. That, I'm going to make that Lord of my life. And you know what? They, that, they got a good point. That's the Lord of my life. And oh, this financial book, that's, that sounds good. That's going to be the Lord of my finances. And, um, and this person seems very good in this aspect of their life. I'm going to make them the Lord of my life in that aspect. And then when he comes and he says, I'm trying to make you sit down. You can't. You got too many Lords. What if this Lord tells me what to do? The Lord is my shepherd. This is what, this is what we're, we're declaring here. The Lord, the one that I've given every piece of my life to, he's my shepherd and he's making me sit for a second. He wants to lead me beside still waters and all of a sudden, I start to have the soul of who I am. 
the natural physical side of myself, the thing that makes you stay up in the middle of the night and things just swirling through your head constantly, the thing that makes you sit down and you do one thing and then you do the next thing and you're back and forth and you're here, there and everywhere, that is in your soul and he wants to restore it back to his original intent, which would be peace, which would be rest. He's going to lead you in the path of righteousness for his namesake because everything's all hunky-dory, right? No, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me because I first made you the Lord of my life. So the pandemic hits, you're the Lord. So the nation's in a different place than I thought it would be. You're the Lord. So, so gas prices are high. <laughs> you're the Lord. I got the wrong diagnosis. You're the Lord. I don't have any other options. Remember that story? The man that won the handball tournament and he only had one hand. And when they asked him, why were you able to beat all these people in handball with one hand? He said, well, all the other guys, whenever the ball's coming at them, they have two options. I only have one. I don't have to think. I'm not double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So when the valley of the shadow of death comes, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That You are the Lord of my life and you are my shepherd. So your rod and your staff and the correction back. And remember, this could be seen as you're in trouble. You did something wrong or you could say, no, he's my good shepherd. He's my good father. And he's actually just leading me in the path of righteousness. And I got off a little bit, but his rod and his staff, there's comfort to the fact that there's authority in my life. And this is the beautiful thing about Yahweh everything but a beautiful thing about him is he loves the impossible what what to the most of the world would seem like a bad idea he's like let's do that let's go with that because I because because I'm gonna let the glory of my person stream through my son so I'm gonna prepare a table before you in the presence of enemies we're, gonna, we're not going to hide and kind of do a sneak attack thing. No, we're going to set up shop right in the middle of the enemies. And I'm talking about your addiction. I'm talking about your depression. I'm talking about your thoughts. We're going to set up shop right there in the middle of them. Why would a God who controls battles with a word ever worry about enemies? He speaks a word and it's over with. And we're out there with a sword striving to get something that he just wants us to inherit. So he prepares this table in the presence of my enemies and in that moment he anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. I've heard this before. Have you? Have you heard it before? Surely his goodness and his mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I might dwell in that house all of my days. The Passion Translation of that says, fear can never conquer me because you already have. Very poetic way to say that, but, it, but it, that, that hits me hard. Fear can never conquer me because you already have. Is that, did I get it right? I don't know if I got that one right. It's something. Fear, fear will never conquer me for you already have. Where, if there is anywhere in our lives, and I'm speaking to myself, where there is anxiety, we're allowing something to conquer an area that he was designed, he wants to conquer. If he's conquered it, there's no battle anymore. You see, that's the, that's the crazy thing about, about the kingdom, what I'm talking about. It, it, Yeshua says it is finished. His will is going to come to pass. It is finished. Yet we're the ones that make that reality truth here. We're the manifestors of the kingdom. So yes, the world is redeemed. But if you look around you, it doesn't seem redeemed yet. Because we are those vessels. We are the portals. We are the ones now, as Yeshua lives within us, we're the hope of glory. And people need to, we need to be so aware, so aware of who he is and the relationship that we have with him, the lordship of him in our lives. So when we do sit next to somebody, the portal becomes you and not just Jesus 2,000 years ago. It becomes, wait a second, he was resurrected. Where? Within you. I've got to exercise it. The, my right to be able to go long. I'm sorry. There's some things I've got to share this morning that I, I don't feel like I'll feel like I did what I was supposed to do if I don't. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So Psalms 37, uh, somewhere we left off last week. It says, Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. Feed on his faithfulness. Day and night, night and day, I set the Lord before me. These are things that we make choices about. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to read that again. The meaning of that. I know a lot of this is review, but we we need the review. I'm telling you, we need the review. We did not get it. I did not get it the first time he said it to me. And I am bad about review because I sit there and think because I've been seated in this stuff all the time and I'm, I'm constantly putting this in front of me and he's given it to me that it's like you guys feel that way and like it's just whatever. But I'm telling you, I know that he's told me to bring this word. So that's what we're gonna do. So this says the Hebrew word translated delight pronounced onag literally means to be delicate or feminine. It carries the idea of being pliable or sensitive. In this particular context, it means to be dependent upon God to derive one's pleasure from him, to be delicate or feminine, to be delicate or feminine, to be delicate or feminine. That's really hard for our sparkling men in here, to be delicate and feminine. 
But we also know the Bible tells us to act like men. Stand firm in your faith. How, how are you firm but also pliable? You're firm in your faith and you're tender in your heart. There's, there's, there's a firmness and I made a commitment. I believe in what I believe in and I'm standing firm in that truth. But I'm also very pliable in my heart at the guidance and the impulses of Holy Spirit. The psalmist calls us to delight ourselves in God. In fact, he does more than just make a suggestion here. The verb translated delight is an imperative in the Hebrew meaning. This is a command. This is not a helpful suggestion which the psalmist sets before us. No, this is a command from the pen of an inspired psalmist to strive to delight completely in God. The term translated desires, pronounced mishalah, refers to petitions or requests. In Hebrew thought, the heart was, the pri- was primarily the seat of the inner man. It was the source of the will. In other words, the psalmist tells us that God will honor our delighting in him by graciously giving us what we are asking of him from the very depths of our inner being. Now, think carefully here. Hey, Ben, you remember the, uh, the, the verse that you read to me a couple days ago about the clear heart deal? clouded heart saying look that up real quick in other words the psalmist tells us that God will honor our delighting in him by graciously giving us what we are asking of him from the very depths of our being now think carefully here if we are delighting ourselves in God then what are the desires of our heart see we always think of this scripture of he'll give us the desires of our heart and I want a boat he's going to give me a boat I hope so. That'd be great. But what we're talking about is so deeper than our wants. It's, it's so much deeper than what we see and what we think and these desires we let come out. Now, if we think carefully here, if we're delighting ourselves in God, then what are the desires of our heart? If we are relying upon God and deriving our primary pleasure in him, then he is the desire of our heart. The promise here is not that God will give us the things of this world if we delight in him. No, the promise is that God will give us himself if and when we delight ourselves in him. So the goal is, what, what, is, what is our heart? What is his heart? What, well, what's my perspective on the matter? What's his perspective on the matter? We have too many prophets out there that are just letting their guns sling based on opinions and not based on his heart. Because if they were based on his heart, believers would know how to respond in a day like this. But instead, they got their opinion mixed in with the desires of their heart And so we've got half-truths, which aren't truths in Hebrew culture. It's the beginning, the middle, and the end. It's it's everything. It is full-on truth. It is the reality of heaven. And so that's why we need to bind up the words when we start to speak, understand they have weight, and make sure it's not an opinion. And it won't be if you're delighting yourself in the Lord throughout the week. Go ahead, Ben. Jump in. Nicholson. Anyway. <laughs> Just became a wrap. Good to see you. Um, this is coming from, this feels low. You, can y'all hear me? Okay. Sound good. It feels good. low because my voice is sounding low. I've been screaming half the so. service, so there's that too. 
Um, this comes from Matthew 6, verse 22. Um, it comes from the King James. It's the, the eye is single, the whole body is full of light. And the language on this is really cool, which is why I like the passion, because it just gives you another look, another lens to see it. It's the same thing, just a different uh, look on it. Amen? Amen. Good word, Ben. The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter. I even pause as I read because we, sometimes we just read to read and we don't read to get it. Yes. We just need to read it to get it and not just read it to read it. Yeah. Another good word, Ben. Good word. Okay. <laughs> so I see what you <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I can be my only encourager because if you got it. coming on pretty quick. No, don't you preach. Let's read it. <laughs> the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. There you go. The desires of your heart. The innermost being. That's why I'm saying like the streams, I don't want my stream. If, it, if my stream is literally for his glory, I cannot cloud that stream with a bunch of junk. I, like genuinely, either you're, you feel, like remember what I said about it'll be the goodness of God that leads you to repentance and go the other way and literally keep going. You can either be a love son that just uses that as a card to do whatever you want or you can be an effective son who walks in a new day a new anointing who wants to see a new world order take place on this planet who wants to walk into atmospheres where there's healing that takes place and shifts in a room like that's what I want to see so for that reason I'll choose to not have my heart clouded I guess is where I'm going delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart I'm going to jump ahead to to this this part and we'll wrap it up so that's where you start to get excited and you just let this second, third, maybe fourth wind hit you one time just to get this last bit because this is good stuff. Thirty-seven, fourteen. the wicked have drawn their sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are of upright conduct. Remember, I want my goal, my aim, this day of reformation is to create an awareness within us of the actual truth and the real reality of the kingdom. So if there are things in your life, if you are worried about anything going on in the world or your world, and you feel like there's been swords drawn against you, if you feel like there's been bows that are bent back, 15 says this, their sword shall enter their own heart. Their sword shall enter their own heart. All right, here's where we finish up. I know I said that was, that was just to get you to be okay to get me to this next part, okay? We good. I can feel it, you're good. You good? Good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Second Chronicles Chapter 20, we'll start at verse 1 and see where we go. It happened after this that, people, that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon 
and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar. Hazazon Tamar. You'll realize in this thing right here is a lot of weird names and words, but we're going to get through them together. Believe in me, and I'll believe in you. Hazazon Tamar, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord, before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave to the descendants of Abraham your friend forever? What, what's he doing here? It's the trust in, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but I remember the nature of Yahweh. In, in these moments, it's vital to remember the nature. He's not sitting here saying, Yahweh, what are you doing? Do you not remember that he's literally saying this to himself as an intercessor? He's speaking this out. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence or famine we will stand before this temple in your presence for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save and now here are the people of Ammon Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt but they turned from them and did not destroy them Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. They're coming to throw us out of our inheritance. Nope. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes... See, see that like you can look at this as a scripture and a good preaching sermon or you can put this in your own life and your own walk and literally think about your eyes. Yeah. Nor do we know what to do. Gotta understand. No, 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 no. He's past finding out. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Now listen to this. Here's the tribe. Now all Judah. Now the pastor. No. Now Jehoshaphat. No. That was part of it. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. You see, if we're expecting it to come through one stream, we will never see the river like it's supposed to be. If we're always expecting it to just come from this voice or come from one person up here with a guitar, we'll never see the effect, the intended effect we're supposed to have as a tribe. 
when he calls them into fasting, when he calls them into holiness, when he calls them into reformation, when he calls them into the unseen, when he calls them to sit in Isaiah 60 as a tribe, they go, yes, that is the leadership of this house for this day. And I say, yes, and I'm because I want to be a part of this tribe, because I want to be a part of this river, because I want this thing to be effective, we're going to flow together as the radiant ones. So now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah. I told y'all, man, y'all, Lord Terry. And a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed. So the Spirit of the Lord comes upon those that decided to set themselves apart, and in the midst of chaos coming to take them out of their inheritance, they set him before them as a tribe, as a tribe, not just Jehoshaphat, as a tribe, they set him before him and the spirit of the Lord comes in and says this. In 15, he says, and he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed. Don't you wish the spirit of the Lord would come upon some prophets to where they could see past their own wants? We wouldn't be freaking out so much. Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. This, my friends, is called spiritual warfare. There was a day where we got up and shackled as hard as we could and we wore pretend armor and we slung those things around and we had all these skits and different things about the full armor of God and we did all of this stuff about the spiritual warfare and we just need to get in a room and we just need to fight this one out. But then he comes in a day and he says, presence. And he says, I just want to walk with you in the cool of the day. And I just want to lead you beside still waters. And I just want to make a table right in the middle of your enemies. And trust me, you won't have to lift a finger. Just look me in my eyes. You will not need to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head and with his face to the ground, and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. We're almost there, guys. 
Verse 20 says, so they rose early in the morning and went out in the wilderness of Tekoa. And as soon and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be firm. You shall be established. You remember what I said? If the foundation is firm, you're not susceptible to the storm. If the, if, the, if the delighting yourself in the Lord is firm, if you are firm in your faith as a man, if you are assured and certain of you before you, then you will not be swayed so easily by the storm. It says, believe, make the commitment in the Lord your God and you shall be established. What's funny is that they had worshiped before and now he's, they had the spirit of the Lord come and prophesy all these things. You will not have to fight this battle. But Jeho- Jehoshaphat brings awareness once again to the people in the day of the fight. He says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would shout praise the beauty of holiness and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Remember the in and out Hebraic war term. This is literally what this is, is that you go in before the presence of the Lord. Stop going against this world and the things of this day and everything in your life in the all out lifestyle. I'm gonna sling my sword as hard as I can and do everything. These men used to go and they would go before the presence of the Lord as a tribe. And when they came out, they raised a banner that said Yahweh across across the top of it. And these men literally started to kill themselves and run from them. We're so, so far from the in lifestyle. As a church, as church, as religion, we are all about the out. Let's go out and let's feed the sick, or I mean, uh, heal the sick and raise the dead and do all, all those things are great and we're trying and we're trying and we're trying and we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna have a soup kitchen here and we're gonna do this and it's all good things that make us feel good about ourselves, but we reject the in, sit still beside the still waters, sit still in this grassy field, just be quiet and know that I'm God. And so then when we come to these battles, we feel really good about ourselves, but we question why in the world why in the world are we just getting defeated left and right? We never went in before him. We're in a day of the in. Amen? Yes? Yes and amen? Whoo! 22. We're only going to 24. That means you got two verses to give it your all. You ready? There you go. Were you yes and amening that we only have two more verses? Yes, and amen. <laughs> now when, my wife's leaving. I mean, this is bad. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And, they, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. It will be his own sword that strikes his own heart. 
It's why there's a table set, but he wants us to, to witness. Let me anoint you right in the presence of uh, your enemies. And oh, I know your cup's full. Let me continue to fill it. Just watch. You're going to love this. It's right in the middle of your enemies, right in the middle of disaster, right in the middle. It couldn't get any worse than this. Just a little more. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. My cup runs over because surely his goodness and his mercies follow me every single day of my life. Amen. Stand up. I love you guys. I thank you so much for just hearing my heart this morning. I felt like it was vital and important to bring that message to you, the choices look at yourselves as those streams. And, and I mean, we might read Isaiah 60 for now until forever, but I want us to be more aware of the truth of the kingdom of God as believers. There's so many believers that are so aware of every, they could probably tell you better than any political figure could tell you what's going on in this world. But they can't tell, tell you about the kingdom of God. Not without mixing in a little bit of worldview. And I want us to be so so unclogged in our stream that it just starts to flow. I'm telling you, you're going to start to see people come up to you and say, do I know you? Who are you? As you step into the awareness of the before you were you, you were you. Amen? Abba, we thank you for this day. We love you. I ask that you bless this people. Keep them in perfect health. Start to make the reality of the kingdom stream through us. Stream through us as a tribe, Father. Let this be life and life abundantly. Let this edify their souls. Help to restore their souls and help us to sit still this week. Help our minds to sit still next to that beautiful still stream and in that grassy field, Father. We give you the lordship in every aspect of our life as a leader here I speak that over that you are the Lord of this tribe that you are the leader of this tribe and we just say yes and amen to following you yes and amen in the nature of Yeshua amen thank you for listening for more information on the Rock of Bay County please go to therockofbc.org